everybody. It's Andy. It's so good to have your voice back. It's Lisa. And welcome back to 90s Court. And boy, <laughs> are you in trouble. I just got back and you guys left all your dishes out. You left. You it's did true. just all the laundries just piled up in the corner and you thought you'd get away with it. But dad's back and he is fuming mad. <laughs> I didn't thaw the chicken like you asked. The, th- the chicken is fucking just frozen as shit, but I'm mm-hmm. going to throw it in the microwave because that's how chicken works. That's um, also how chicken works. Which, hi. Hi. I'm back. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your patience. Um, I will say this. Like, man, last I love this is going to sound like I'm bullshitting. Jack, I lo- obviously I listened to to uh, to no skips. So I love uh, Lisa and Jack so much so I was like I had a blast listening to last week every time she's like is it okay if I do this with someone I'm like yes please like it gives me I get to listen to content and not have to do anything <laughs> it's terrific the best. so yeah the so best. no it was you guys it was amazing and I it was uh I, like you said it was a very good choice of topic because it's something I would never in a million years have covered so correct yeah music music and especially the stuff that like he was wanting to go for some deep cuts I was like yeah. buddy nobody knows this apex twin track <laughs> like 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 you will enjoy talking about it. Literally, nobody else will he's enjoy like, that. So <laughs> he's like, I either I do it or I walk, and and he got his way. He got it. Well, and that's where labor of. unions came from. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> so we're we're here. We're here. Welcome back. How was your week? I I haven't seen you in so long. Or how were your two oh weeks? Oh my gosh. Um. Oh wait. Never mind. I, I actually know the answer to that question, and it's probably yeah, not it's, a great answer. It, it's pretty chaotic, but you know what? Onward and upward. I've got a. I've got. A, it's Sunday. And tomorrow's yeah. a day off of everything, so yeah, yeah. And any yeah. and any time that I start to complain about something, I remember I'm like, I have no boss, and I work at a place that is literally designed for things that people have fun with. So like, I really yes. shouldn't probably have any complaints. So, anyways, um, you're so a small yeah. business owner, and it is the best to live vicariously through your it's pages to be like, wild. oh, this looks so fun. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's nice. There's no, it's just anything that comes out of there. You're like, man, like, cause it feels like it should be something superficial, but it's like, no, this is just some random bullshit that I thought. <laughs> so, yes. um, so, Hey gang, um, I know we did some last week, but we're going to do a little bit more because we still love and appreciate our Patreon members. Um, and so I want to give a quick shout out, of course, to our executioner, Michael, who, uh, mm. we discussed this week because of the fact that I still also had like hardly any time to get this one together. We decided we're going to try and do that next week so we can get that together. And we would like to talk to you soon. That way we can kind of get that coordinated as well for our uh, our triple threat episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Judge first, Troy. Go ahead. I'll say it's our first one ever. It'll be our first, first one ever. It'll be yeah. the first time that there's another human being on the, the episode while we're both on it. So Yes. Wild. Uh, Judge Troy, our ride or die, thank you so much for supporting us. As always, you're the best. Uh, mm. Bailiff Lindsay, I... <laughs> I think it, it must have been an episode recently that I said something about how like I was like you never write anymore. I always love your random things, and so she heard that, and so she sent like the most amazing tangent on Patreon. If you get a chance, go on there and and read it because it's just amazing. So thank you for that. It was greatly appreciated uh, reading that. Nate, my dude, thank you for your support. You're the best. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being a bailiff. You're the best. Again, also one of our rider dies. You rock. Mm-hmm. Tim, Bailiff Tim, I just saw yesterday, um, who was back in town along with some other friends who came and played some games in my back room at my uh, at my shop. 
So that's so awesome. And then he bought he bought a couple of games too. So, um, and of course our illustrious bailiff Presto Changeo, um, the, <laughs> the, the the Twitter god himself, uh, Preston. Thank you so much for your support. You're the best. Um, so, anyways, now that I've uh, I've officially that was like my energy. I was like, I'm gonna give some full throated endorsements of all of our our fucking uh, Patreon people because they deserve it. Um, did it. So we do some stuff here. So for those of you who maybe haven't listened before, and we didn't do the intro that we normally do because my energy is crazy wild high right now. Um, <laughs> this is '90s Court. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that every week, my friend Lisa, it's that one. It me. I'm pointing. I pointed my finger at nothing. It's that one. Wonderful. At the I screen. felt it, though. <laughs> I felt uh, it. And I, we each take something from the 90s and we discuss them in court. And now you're saying, what does that mean, Andy? Does that mean, like, you guys have, like, hear ye, hear ye, and you, like, do some gavel noises and, like, have some closing arguments? No, it means that we both just talk bullshit about the thing. Um, two things that are kind of similar and kind of comparable. And uh, and then afterwards, the reason it's court is because you, the jury, that's right, you get involved. You, the jury, get to decide who wins. So if you're like, uh, dirty work was a hot piece of garbage, I love half-baked, tell us that. That's great. Um, you can <laughs> also just that. click the vote button instead and save yourself a lot of trouble of typing out the very hurtful message about dirty work. Um, As you wish. And if you really want to, you can vote everywhere. You can vote on Facebook. You can vote on Instagram. You can vote on Twitter. Unless it's an episode that I wasn't on, and then I forget to do the Twitter poll, because that's <laughs> happened twice now. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, that's 90s Court. And before that, though, we like to get into some little nuggets, some little, uh, some tasty little spices that you'd kind of throw on there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so, we're going to talk about a few things from the 90s that maybe will just make things just a little bit sweeter and more savory. And first and foremost is going to be our friend Lisa talking about her thing. My thing. My thing. That was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was so good. It was so good. Again, it's like Jack is nice. I guess I'm married to him and whatnot. But like it's always fun to have like my co-host on the show. Back. When you don't you have know, to say, like, you don't have to say you don't have to be like the lead on everything. You just get to sit and listen to me just say a bunch of dumb bullshit. You're like, oh, yes. this is so much better. He gets to say the dumb bullshit now. Yes, because I have to do the lead for no skips, too. And yes. I'm going to take so, a break and just be the you're going to be the, the funny one on this one. Oh, thank. Well, I, we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll see. see. My <laughs> thing is, we'll see. We'll the see. jury's out on that I one. See, yeah, I just need to uh, organize my thoughts real quick for my thing today. Do we to dance <laughs> a little bit before? Yeah, as a uh, as a preteen girl oh. in the '90s, there were few things more critical to one's life than like the things that belonged to only you, right? Like this is my shit. Like the sign on my door. This is my room, right? Right. Like, do not enter or like this is my shirt you cannot wear it mom or whatever and like but they were just part of it's like a critical part of your identity like from the pictures on the wall to the boom box or like sure. it was just part of a thing that was happening in your room but one thing that always sticks out to me is one of the most like 90s things that in, that was like in a girl's bedroom was a caboodles box do you um, know what a caboodles box is i don't but i'm about to find out so I was gonna say, is you were a household full of boys, right? So you probably don't know boys what it is. For period. Days. Boys for days. They were essentially very colorful, like plastic storage bins that you could keep all of your stupid '90s shit in. 
And only they 90s are, shit though. Only 90s shit. They stopped making them. You put January 5th. you put 80 stuff in there, and it just it just like fucking ejects it. Exactly. <sighs> it actually. So it, I read that it started in 1987. So it's a little bit of a late yep. 80s thing, but like it was huge in the 90s. Like I had oh. several over the course of my time. Do you recognize these? So this is like a like a like almost like a plastic lunchbox, um, but a little bit yes. harder. <laughs> but harder and they like mm-hmm. range in different sizes and different utilities and whatnot but essentially mm-hmm. they like it's what was special about caboodles were the compartments inside so you would open this up so you like there's nothing nicer than you know however the it shut like a little turning thing or like a clasp and you use that stupid clunky handle and you open it up and as soon as you open it up you've got like a plastic tray or something that when you open it can like telescope up or like it can rotate to the side to reveal, wait for it, more storage space. (laughs) And it was just, they were awesome because all of them came with like that vanity mirror for you to check your like crazy dark. I was about to say the mirror thing and I was like, I don't want to let Lisa finish it because this is, this is wild. This is just because I mean it's not that wild of a concept in terms of what it is, but it, it essentially was just it was just it was just awesome, and they were so fucking big, and they had some that were smaller, but the like the the average one was pretty big, like bigger than a laptop. Oh um, shit! And, and, I didn't realize and, that. Yeah, they're pretty big. Um, I would say probably like ten to twelve inches wide or something, and, wow. and maybe you know. Six well, inches tall or something. Okay, that's but a pretty small you... laptop, but all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I'm looking at my MacBook and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm overselling this or something. But I, the one I had was quite large. But um, for me, and I'm going to be honest with you, my caboodles was almost entirely aspirational. So like, okay, it was it was it was almost primarily used or expected to be used for makeup. And for me, <laughs> there was always like. A powdery substance just covering everything inside. And, and you know, there was, like, like probably just, like, regular pencils and, like, a pen just floating in there. And, like, a, like a candy wrapper that I was too lazy to throw away. And, like, a used Q-tip. And it's just, like, you got gross, Lisa. Like, you didn't deserve a caboodles. You deserved something totally different. But I... I remember having a purple and a pink one, and I had this one that was teal with like sparkly shit on it. But but they were a way to organize your stuff. But often for me, it was damn near like literal just shit inside my caboodles. Yeah, I've I've been looking at this, and the the thing that I think is wild about them, quote unquote, is again, mm-hmm. it's not the cons. It's not just like it's not like wow, what an amazing, insane concept. That's crazy. It's the fact right. that it feels like a complete waste of space. Like. I get it that like some things fold up, but really mm-hmm. like you've taken what could have been a very large compartment for a lot of storage and mm-hmm. basically made it as as bad for storage as humanly possible. Pretty much. And like the trays weren't the most reliable. It's not that they were poorly made. It was just that if you open and close them a lot, those like telescoping trays are after a while are going to yeah. be like, oh, my gosh, if something breaks, let me die too. like if you try and put mm-hmm. stuff in there that like like if you close it. I almost guarantee you just like all the shit is going to fall out. Like it's these compartments yes. don't look too terribly safe. So no. you put anything and, and in you... there that's multiple small pieces and they're just fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think in your heart you could be like, oh, this is going to be holding my craft supplies. No, it's not. This is oh, never no. holding craft supplies. This is at best holding very large makeup items. Yeah. It's essentially a 
a, a girl's tackle box. <laughs> that is, that is exactly was. what I was going to. It looks exactly like a tackle box with a mirror. <laughs> like yes, literally it, is a, it is a pretty tackle box with a mirror. Now, upon looking at ads for it, I did realize that at some point they came out with little makeup caboodles. And those came pre-filled with like the worst blue eyeshadow, the shittiest blush brush, and like a comb for reasons. And I'm pretty sad I missed that, but that's just an ode to the caboodles because it just was very iconic for a teenager in the 90s. It feels like adding the stuff in there was nice because they're like, we know that you don't, you're, you're just, you're just a piece of shit if you're buying this and we know that you don't know how to take care of yourself. So we're going to give you the things that go in here because we know you're too dumb to know. So, and they were right. And they were, they were right. right. I know. I wouldn't have known. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to put in here. Like, like some hooks and stuff. They're like, no, this is not a tackle box, sir. <laughs> just like this 3M is, hooks. <laughs> you're in Michael's, not in fucking Bass Pro Shops. Once again, why are you naked? Anyways. Um, <laughs> but no, like I honestly, I... I feel like I've I might have seen one from the outside. It just looks like a thing, but I never would mm-hmm. have thought, "Hey, that's what's inside of that," because that would have been that would have been a wild thing for me to think as a child. Exactly, and you and a boy, you probably were not fucking thinking about stuff no. like that. Period. Mm-hmm. So, no. what's your thing, Andy? My thing. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you asked. <clears throat> the show notes told me I had to ask. That song. Man, that was a lot quieter than I was hoping it would be. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to bring this to the table because, frankly, I have a... I have a business because uh, for the business you have to put, like have special music because if you play the wrong music then you can get sued for a whole bunch of movies. So I have to pay like a service to, to get it. Yeah. So I have a special service and, and in that service I, I have a lot of songs that are selected and this one in particular is a song that comes on quite often and I think that's the reason I thought of doing it today. Okay. And that of course is Interstate Love Song by the Stone Temple Pilots and... The reason I'm bringing it up is because, A, it's a fucking rad-ass song that is so dope and fits basically every genre but hip-hop and opera um, (laughs) and maybe even opera. Who knows? Um, And it is also my number one karaoke song that I will do anytime I go to karaoke. (laughs) Are you serious? This is it? And yeah, That's I, amazing. I will say, like, there's probably some places, like, if I went to a bar, I don't go to bars, obviously, but, like, anytime I go to an event, that's because I know, like, all of the words anyways, and so even if they don't have the words, I, I've got it. So, Stone Temple Pilots. Um, I was very excited to bring this up because I honestly didn't know the history of this song, and so it was kind of interesting to read up on it and get a little bit of intro. Now, I will say this. There's not a lot, but it's interesting to at least read up on it. Um... So, first off, Interstate Love Song is a single uh, by the band. It was released in 1984, September, uh, as the second studio album. It was the second uh, off of the album Purple, um, which came shortly after Vaseline, um, which was number one on the rock charts for quite a while. And then this immediately took its place. So, for 17 weeks, uh, for 15 weeks, no, yep, 17 weeks straight, 
including the two weeks that Vaseline was on there, and this one took 15. It was number one on the rock charts um, in 1994. Um, man, 1994 was a banging year, too. Some great movies, yes. great songs, just a lot of yes. great things. And 100%. that being said, it's funny to me because I don't think of inter- like of Stone Temple Pilots as like, man, they're so fucking rad. But like, it's just these, it's just that song in particular. It is just such a, take the time to listen to the entire song because it's just such a good song. Um, and, and the lyrics and everything are also very powerful, which is what I looked up, what the meaning is. And now I know what it's about. And it actually is even cooler because, um, cause some people know this, some people don't, I don't talk about it on the show because it's a weird thing. I'm a sober person and I don't do that. And, uh, that's been, I've been doing that for like, like since 2009. So, mm-hmm. um, this song was written from the perspective, a theoretical perspective of uh, Waylon's girlfriend, so the singer uh, Scott Waylon, who is the singer of Stone Temple Pilots, wrote this from the perspective of a woman that he was dating at the time, and it was about his honesty, his lack of honesty, and the fact that he is very dishonest because he was also doing heroin. So he was. <laughs> it was about Oops. yeah. So he had he just recently started doing heroin and had this relationship going on. And so all of this stuff is kind of written about like her, like just constantly knowing like that everything he says is a fucking lie, um, which is a which is cool to me to think about him being in good enough of a place at that point that he could write from her perspective and actually see himself honestly rather than being like, man, she's such a jerk. or I can't believe she doesn't trust me or whatever. But actually being like, mm-hmm. nope, yep, I was a I was a shady fuck. Um, so like. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think. Waiting on a Sunday afternoon for what I read between the lines, your lies. Feeling like a hand in rusted chains. So do you laugh or does it cry? Reply. Although that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because they always have to make it kind of not make exact sense. Because if it's too just straightforward, then it's just like, hey, this is what the song is. Because I'm just saying it. Right. But it in the symbolic, whole... Yeah. yeah. When you're reading through like the kind of the lyrics, it is a lot of that, though. It's it's Because I was like... It didn't make sense until I read this thing that it was from her perspective, and so now it makes way more sense because it's he's yeah basically he's writing it if if she's writing the song about him. So, um, mm. and I will say this because I was I actually then researched real quick to see if he was sober because I was like okay well if he's writing it from that perspective he's probably he was at least better at the time that he wrote it. Um, it sounds like he must have had some struggles in the meantime because he uh, uh, in 2015 he was found dead in the tour bus. Uh, from an overdose so yeah um, but uh but hey r.i.p but uh he was a terrific singer and a wonderful guy and apparently um let's see in the band from 1989 until 2002 and then he rejoined in 2008 and then he was fired in 2013 um which i mean he was fired here's the thing you have to be doing a really bad job to get fired like again if the drug overdose that didn't make sense but you have to do a really bad job to get fired from a band that like everybody comes to see the show because they want to hear your voice. <laughs> like Correct. you have to be doing some really fucked up shit to get fired in that kind of a situation. So exactly. Um, but again, not to disrespect or anything like that, you know, I just, I know it was a struggle, but it's just a, a interesting little background uh, tidbit on that. Cause I, I hadn't, I didn't really know about that. And it's weird because that really was only, you know, what, six years ago. So um, although yeah, in wild. my mind I hear 2015 and I'm like, that was three years ago or four years ago, but it wasn't. Because no, we live well, in a the last time year loop. has 
Yeah, the last year has been like six years in one. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. no, but Interstate Love Song, I love that song. It's amazing. Um, like I said, STP is not like one of my favorite bands of all time from the '90s, but that song in particular is definitely of 90s rock songs in particular is on my top list um especially on ones that like literally anytime it comes on the radio or anywhere like i will never ever be tired of it so Stone that's Pilots, interesting interstate love song i i what, what made me laugh is that i was just like oh, that song and then i could not tell you anything else about like who the song was sung by but who, you knew it though that's what? the thing is everybody recognizes it immediately whether it's the song name or like i said I've heard Correct. a million songs that the only reason I know the name of them is because for some reason at some point I had to look it up. Like, because otherwise, <laughs> like, I wouldn't know just naturally. So, so no, I, I, I'm the same way with songs most of the time. So, man, Stone Temple Pilots. I love Stone Temple. I, I love, I love some Stone Temple Pilots. So yeah. Again, very, very much in the vein of no skips. I, um, I only like a few songs. Yeah. But skip around. They're, Skip around, man. Sour Girl is one of my all-time jump up, favorites. Jump up and get down. Skip around. Skip oh, that's around, a, that's baby. a really cool song. Um, yes. Sour Girls. I'm not, I'll Sour Girl. I'll Sour Girl is a great song by STP. Okay. Love that song. It has has um, Sarah Michelle Gellar in the music video and oh. like some crazy demonic rabbits. It's a wild oh, situation. And I forgot. Just as a quick note for the the music video for that one for Stone Temple Pilots, it starts out it's like a uh, a black and white silent movie or something like that, and it's literally just this weird black and white guy with like white face paint and stuff like that on there that looks like a mime um and she's telling him he's a piece of shit scoundrel and then he like runs off and he's just like running around the town while the band members are playing um he's like jumping over roofs and stuff it's a it's a weird one so i do remember some of this being like why isn't it just happening thank you for bringing this so anyways stp bada bing bada boom baby you know me so anyways, um, I think that's it for this half of the show. Are you ready to take a break? Yes, let's do that. And okay. um, we will be back with poll results from last week where Andy was not present. Fingers crossed. I was going to say, I don't know what they are, but I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing what they are. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll be back in a few. All right, bye. Hey, 90s Court listeners, Lisa here. I'm here to talk to you really quickly about a product that I absolutely love and I've used every single day for years and years and years. Let me hit you with a couple of scenarios. Perhaps you're miserable because your partner snores like crazy, or maybe you're a night shift worker who can't get proper sleep during the day, or maybe you live in a really loud and busy downtown area. There's hope for you, and it comes in the form of sleep phones from Acoustic Sheep. I'm not lying when I say I've been using them religiously for years, and they're the sole reason I'm not a crazy person suffering from insomnia. Sleep phones are just ultra soft headphones and a headband that are extremely bed friendly. Side sleepers can also rejoice, for you can comfortably block out the sounds of the world while getting some soothing, noise-free sleep without hurting your ears. They even have wireless Bluetooth options, so you don't get tangled up in cords overnight. I personally connect mine to my phone each night and listen to some white noise to drown out my partner's snores. I'm telling you, I've gifted them to night shift nurses, in-laws, basically anybody with ears that values a good night's sleep. They even have options now that come preloaded with binaural beats or deeply relaxing ASMR content. So you can find something that's just right for you and maybe not even have to connect to your phone at all if you don't want to. Andy and I both use these now and we'd love to help you get some rest too. Go to sleepphones.com and use the code 90scourt to get $10 off your order of $39 or more. That's sleepphones.com and the code is 90SCOURT. Sweet dreams. Hey, and welcome back. 
Uh, I got an email from the sleep phones people that the code, they have like a sis, an issue with people like using the system weird and, and, and I don't know if people are like using their codes or anyway, whatever the case is, is if, if you want to buy a sleep phones product using and get our discount, just message me right now. Lisa Monahan. I was going to say, cause I just, I just listened. I was just telling Lisa before the episode that. I was driving home and I was, I'd already listened to it once, but I was listening again to her and Jack's episode from last week. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's so weird. I don't think the sleep phones ad played on that one. So I didn't know if maybe like they canceled it or something. No, I didn't put it on there because I was like, I I got the email last week. I was like, I don't have time to deal with it this week. So, so if you want a sleep phones discount on any of their products, which I love and use every single day of my life. I literally, um, my, I like, like one time, like I ran out of batteries and it was just a fucking nightmare night. Like I needed to sleep so bad. And just like halfway through the night, I'm just like, why did I not just stay up later and charge it? Because I can't sleep without these anymore. I know it, it. It is a good slash bad slash amazing problem. It's to a have. good thing. Yeah, They're I mean, I will so say good. it's a good thing on the whole. Although that did make it sound like it was a bad thing. <laughs> Correct. It, it is. It is like a drug. You will become addicted. Yeah. So just it's kind of like heroin. It's a lot of fun, but yes, it will be bad if you stop using it. Correct. That's exactly right. Sleep so, phones. Anyway, if it's you like enjoy heroin <laughs> for your ears. <laughs> it's like ear heroin. Heroin. <laughs> um, all right. So heroin. Listen. <laughs> While Andy was gone, I had an episode with Jack, and on that episode, we covered Daft Punk, uh, Daft Punk's um, Around the World music video versus Fatboy Slim's Praise You music video, both videos that I know and love growing up, um, and you guys voted on Facebook and Instagram, and Facebook was 72 to 28% Fatboy Slim's Praise mm-hmm. You Instagram a little bit gentler, but not much more. Fifty-five to forty-five. Oh, Fat dang. Boy Slims praise you. That's yeah, way so more it's gentle. a little bit. Yeah, you being so, so gentle, Instagram. I know, but whatever the case is, praise you one both ways. I I'm surprised because I, I thought everybody just loved the shit out of Daft Punk. I but. feel like I feel like here's the thing: was it was praise you the song everybody voted for, and it was Probably. Daft Punk the band everybody voted for on the other one. So it was kind of like. It was a toss-up between the two, but people who voted for Praise You, and neither, neither of them voted for the actual video itself. Correct. Correct. Because the, the Around the I could World not video tell you. 10. I could not tell you for the life of me what either of those videos were. Really? Oh, man. Those two were critical to my upbringing. And like, it wasn't like a Jack is in the picture thing. It's yeah. like, nope, I loved both those videos. I just remember, I just remember so. the Weapon of Choice one, obviously, because Christopher Weapon Walken. Weapon of Choice? Yeah. Interesting. Was, oh, that's Weapon, right. Christopher Walken just dancing. <laughs> it's just a brilliant, beautiful video. Yeah. Beautiful. You know what else it. is beautiful? So, Bad comedies about weed and committing crimes. I feel like weed and crimes don't go together anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny that they like technically are both crimes, but well, they're not in Illinois anymore, but they are. Well, I guess you can still commit crimes like driving under the influence, those kind of things. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, usually (laughs) if you are high and smoking weed, usually you're not like, I'm going to go rob a bank. (laughs) No, not so much. You're just like, I'm That's actually good right now, exactly where I am. I'm feeling really happy. I'm feeling good about yeah. the choices I've made, yes. So, for those of you who are not aware, and just like, again, I always, it's, you turn on the episode and you're just like, click, I'm going to find out what it is when we get there. Um, we're, we're doing Half-Baked versus Dirty Work, and if so you're not good. familiar with either of those movies, that's okay. We're going to tell you a little bit about them and what they're all about. 
Um, and I did pick these because I wanted to make sure that neither of like either are kind of like ranked similarly on Rotten Tomatoes too. So I was kind of looking for two comedies of comparable quality and, and everything like that. Even though okay. I love both of these movies and I think they're both very, very funny and hilarious and interesting. They are not high quality. <laughs> they are not. There is a difference between saying that you love a movie and that it was hilarious and saying this movie was top notch quality and amazing. Um, and I think that that is a fair distinction to make because I love a lot of shitty movies and that's <laughs> fine because uh, a lot of Adam Sandler movies from the 90s and ta- even uh, Chris Farley movies got really bad ratings despite the fact that I still love them very much. So uh, I'm going to be covering Half-Baked um, yes. and Lisa had not seen Dirty Work and so that's why she took it, which I think that's kind of fun. I'm glad she does that, is willing to do that because it is kind of fun to watch a new movie, like watch a mo- have a reason to watch a movie you haven't seen before. So Yes, um, also Norm MacDonald. Also Norm MacDonald. And I... I picked the one that I found out after the fact that I had to pay money to watch. So that's uh, oh. <laughs> always cool because they're like, hey, it's on Showtime right now. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm uh, cool. Amazon Prime it. So, um, so Half-Baked. Uh, David Chappelle uh, in his <laughs> film that, for me, I realized I was literally thinking about it, like, even just on our break. Like, I was like, did, did this – did I know who Dave Chappelle was when this movie came out? Because I was looking through his history and I realized because Chappelle show wasn't until the early 2000s. And so right. like this came out in 1998. And so this was kind of his like bursting onto the scene, which is is wild to me to think of this movie coming out. And then it's being like, you're getting your own show now. Like, I mean, he was a stand up. Obviously, that's like the, yes. one of the big reasons. But so he did stand up mm-hmm. comedy and everything. And then he, he moved on to that. And I'm guessing there are probably because it's one of those things where I'm like, I know for a fact I knew who Dave Chappelle was before Chappelle show, too. Um, and I don't even know if I necessarily even watched this movie when it was new because I would have been 13. And that's kind of a weird time for me to watch that as a very sheltered child who didn't know anything about weed. Um, yeah, maybe. But I definitely watched it in my teen years at some point. Um, so this movie is uh, is starring Dave Chappelle, uh, Jim Brewer, Harlan Williams, uh, let me see, and Guillermo Diaz. Um, so Jim Brewer, you would normally know as the really high guy. Um which and if you if you don't know what I mean by that, just in every movie that he's in, he is just a very high character. Like, and he's very good at just looking stoned all the time. Um, That's true. And let's see, Harlan Williams. I couldn't tell you like his description, but you would know him if you saw him. Uh, and he plays Kenny Davis. So th- literally, the beginning of this film is the four of these these friends um, as children are in this this alleyway and they're smoking weed for the first time and it was about how he fell in love with weed and in case you're wondering this is a movie about about literally like more or less is just about how great weed is and how, and how much he, and how much dave Chappelle and his friends enjoy smoking in this film um they're not wrong they're not wrong they're not wrong. oh and i forgot to mention some of the quick stats budget eight million dollars Box office seventeen point five million dollars, and honestly, I think the eight million dollars was mainly for various actors because they also had some random like big name actors that just kind of like came into this movie for no reason, uh, because it definitely wasn't the special effects. Like honestly, like <laughs> some of the special effects in this were literally like just like a, an eighth grader with a with a with an iPhone today, like probably worse <laughs> than that. 
Um, Probably so, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so it's establishing, and at the beginning they establish, hey, this is them as kids. Oh, they're adults now. Uh, Dave Chappelle is a custodian, not a janitor. He does custodial uh, work at a science uh, laboratory, um, which, to be very specific, it's a science laboratory. You know how those exist. Yes. Um, yes, and then for science. the rest of his friends, he goes through their jobs and everything. And one of them, um, Kenny uh, Harlan Williams, plays a he's a fourth grade teacher. And so he's like a super nice guy and he's a great teacher, apparently. Um, but they love getting stoned. And so they show them at the apartment and they're like, we got weed. And then they get uh, they pull out their various bong equipment, one of them being Billy Bong Thornton, because they have clever <laughs> names for <laughs> all of their their marijuana's equipments. And so, of course, they get the munchies because that's what happens. So um, they're like, who's on munchies duty? And so Kenny's like, I guess that's me. And there's it, there's this funny thing because there's just different scenes that are very memorable because it, it also is on like it'd be on Comedy Central all the time too, just like random like appearances in the early 2000s and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so he so uh, Jim Brewer is going through this list of just these insane long list of of different foods and stuff like that. At the end, he's like. And Funyuns, man, and that's I. Every time I see Funyuns, I think of that scene. I literally can't see Funyuns without thinking of the movie Half Baked, just because of the fact that it was after this extremely long list. He paused for like a solid like three seconds, and then just said, "And Funyuns, man." And it was the most random. <laughs> so, um, so Kenny, the school teacher, goes to a local bodega uh, to buy things, and he gets a bunch of snacks, and he's walking out, and he sees a horse like a police horse that's like standing on the side of the road because they're from New York. And so he ends up just sitting there talking to this horse because he's high and just feeding this horse all of these snacks. And then yes, all of a sudden the, scene. the horse just falls over dead and the cop just like the cop who was standing like, no, buttercup. And he just like loses it. And he's like, what did you do? He's like, I just gave him some snacks or whatever. He's like, this horse was a diabetic. And, uh, and so apparently yes. Kenny accidentally killed his horse and he's like obviously like oh no and the cop is like you're a cop killer and so they do take him to court and immediately they're just like he gets arrested for killing an officer and so he has a one million dollar bond because that's the thing um and it wasn't even that it was a one million dollar just like get him out of jail like which i don't know if that's a real thing like to just get somebody out of prison Uh, i guess jail maybe but prison like i don't know so Apparently they just like it was a million dollars and they had to raise ten percent of that to get him out of prison. So they had to raise a hundred thousand dollars. And so the three of them, obviously, who are just like huge stoners, are trying to figure out like like, man, Kenny's in jail and he can't stay and he can't be in jail because he is a total like emotional wreck because he's like the softest and gentlest of all of them. And we see Dave Chappelle at his job at science. Uh, yeah, science, science lab, lab. <laughs> um, and some random guy just says like hey can you go get this thing for me get this prescription and Dave Chappelle's like oh fuck you and he but he goes and does it and so he goes to walk to get this thing and he hands over this prescription to the pharmacist and then she reaches and, and hands him has him sign this thing and just hands him a pound of marijuana <laughs> of and, course and it apparently I, I love when pharmacists do that yeah when they just give you a shitload of marijuana and so apparently it's medicinal marijuana that they were testing at the science laboratory um, and so the guy gives, he's like, he's like, can I, and so he just gives him a little, he's like, 
for your troubles and he just because you know how scientists do that for people like janitors all the time so he just pulls yes. out like a big tuft of this weed like a handful of it and just hands it to him and he shoves it in his pockets and apparently it is like the best weed ever because literally everyone who smokes it is like floating in the air um and that's when i said about the the special effects every because they have they do this so many times throughout the movie is people flying through the air and every time the special effects of them flying through the sky is just them just clearly just lying flat and then just like them green screening like not even green screening that's even a little bit too generous to give them that and there's even one with a dog where it's flying at some point and it just literally is just a dog clearly just standing there but they're just having it fly through <laughs> the air um so anyway so in the meantime Dave Chappelle is also he's met a woman uh whose name is Mary Jane which of course uh, it's pot haha funny um, but she, her dad is a drug dealer and he's in, she's in, he's in prison and he asks her out on a date, um, and then gives her a number, but he doesn't hear back. In the meantime, they decide we need to get him out of jail, uh, Kenny. So they decide they're going to raise money and they're like, Hey, why don't you just get more of that weed? Just like steal some of like his, his pads. So he goes in, steals a bunch of prescription pads and literally just starts, going to the pharmacy and just writing prescriptions for several pounds of weed over and over and over again. And they go and give out this, uh, these samplers as uh, a new company called Mr. Nice Guy, which apparently in New York, you can just hand weed to anybody and nobody cares, <laughs> at least according to this movie, because they're just handing like essentially business cards with weed attached to them to everyone. Um, oh my gosh. And so they become this huge drug ring, basically not drug ring, but a huge pot dealer uh, in the town called Mr. Nice Guy because apparently everybody wants this shit because it's, you know, the amazing medical grade stuff or whatever that they had. And in the meantime, he does end up getting called by Mary Jane, who is extremely anti-drugs and anti-pot. She's like, oh, it's a huge gateway drug. And he, like, swears that he doesn't do drugs, which is the weirdest thing. She's like, you swear you don't do, you don't smoke pot? And he's like, I swear I don't do drugs or smoke pot. Um... And, of course, it was a lie, and she finds out at some point, and, oh, no, sad face. Oh, no. Um, so, like, the whole thing, it's, it's like this series of just, like, the hilarity that ensues with them selling pot to a lot of random people and stuff. Like, Jon Stewart randomly, which is also a weird one to see Jon Stewart that young, um, is one of the random people that's buying pot from them. And Snoop Dogg, of course, like, is in it. And, uh, and Dave Chappelle playing a, a rapper that does a song a, a uh, rap about <laughs> mr nice guy um the problem is they've drawn the ire of or drawn the attention of samson who was originally like the big kingpin drug dealer and the, the hip-hop artist had originally written a song written a song called i want to talk to samson and it was the this is a song about basically about like advertising essentially for this very large weed dealer and so when Samson finds out that he writes a song about Mr. Nice Guy, he's pissed and he's like, we need to fucking stop this guy. And so um, essentially there becomes conflict between the two of them, which is basically Samson's like, hey, you're going to give me half of the money you make or we're going to murder you. And they were just like, OK. Um, <laughs> and so in the meantime, Mary Jane had uh, broken up with Dave Chappelle because she found out that he was selling weed. And he was not super cool with that because that's what her dad was in jail for. Um, and uh, they end up going and 
the uh, uh, Mr. Nice Guy gets ends up getting busted by the cops, um, and so they end up turning going turncoat and are like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Samson. Um, we'll wear a wire for you or whatever." And then the last scene is they're like, "Well, we have to get." high before we go in there or else we're gonna you know they'll see right through it and so they get them high but in the meantime they also get the cia agents that are in the van waiting outside high by mistake and so they're supposed to go in there and like once they get them to say like hey we're selling you heroin or cocaine like hard drugs that they're supposed mm-hmm. to then say abracadabra um as the code word but in the meantime since they were getting high they got high in the tr- in the van, and so the other guys did too. And so they're like lightweights and are just like losing their shit and just giggling, and uh, reading this letter that Dave Chappelle wrote to his to Mary Jane. Um, and it's just like because he's like, in case I don't make it, give this to Mary Jane, whatever. And then they're just like laughing about it. And so he, he so they do the thing. They get him to say, yeah, this is heroin or whatever. And then they're like, abracadabra. And then they just keep saying abracadabra over and over again. And then Samson obviously realizes that he's wearing a wire. They take his shirt off. And then uh, there is a fight scene between the three of them, or the four of them, and a bunch of these, like, women guards that he has. Like, he has a bunch of, like, very, like, strong women uh, wearing skin. I mean, it's a 1988 film. You know what I mean? So they're just a lot of women, but they end up... uh, Defeating many of them in silly ways, um, and then the the uh, CIA end up end up <laughs> coming in, but pretty late, and end up busting Samson. Um, and then Dave Chappelle ends up uh, giving up weed um, in a very heartfelt moment because he decides that uh, the other Mary Jane is more important than that Mary Jane, and then they get together and they're happy. So symbolic. And this thing is, again, the the plot of, it's funny to even talk, like, there's so many movies like that, like, with comedies, where it's like, this is the plot, but that's not why you're watching it. I mean, the the thing is, is, like, all the jokes during, the one, the, I, like, the one scene when the guy quits his job, he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and it's like this grandma, it's like, yeah, and then he's like, and fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> there's just a bunch of different scenes that are just, yes. like, amazing in that. And so, I will say, like, some of it... <laughs> Like, some of it was, like, a little bit groan-worthy, but, like, you know, I have a feeling some of the jokes were not Dave Chappelle's, because, like, some of them were just kind of like, okay, that hit pretty flat. But on the whole, it was, you know, it's it's a very funny movie. There's a lot of really funny scenes, and I thought it still held up pretty well, especially because it is just a, I mean, it's, it's literally a movie about a bunch of guys who like smoking weed, and... I forgot to mention the guy who is in jail. They had like a bunch of scenes several times about like him uh, being defended by uh, a a guy there who was tr- defending him from getting. Um, uh, there was a guy who was trying to make him his bitch, and fortunately, uh, <laughs> this guy kept sticking up for. It was uh, Tommy Chong played the guy like the Squirrel Master or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But basically, they keep showing that, and I think at the end they also get uh, uh, him out of jail as well. So. All ends well. So well. So that's uh that's half baked. I don't um you know what? I don't let me see. I didn't really look up any uh trivia on this, but if I keep saying words like this right now, I bet mm-hmm. I could probably I don't get know to get to the page that it's on and make it seem like I had it pulled up the whole time. I believe um, in you. So while Dave Chappelle was on inside the actor's studio in 2006, um, he revealed that he was unhappy with the final product and claimed that the script he co-wrote 
was much funnier, and the final result was, quote, a weed movie for kids. <laughs> a weed movie for kids? Yeah. He That's said, hilarious. like, just, like, a lot of the jokes were just, like, not really, like, yeah. So it sounds like, like, yeah. they kind of, like, dulled it down, like, in a lot of the jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was still, like, about weed. So it's, like, you can't, this isn't becoming more PG, you know, by doing that. So, um, let's see. The period between the script being brought to release of the film. Oh, yeah. From the script being brought to release of the film was only seven months, an incredibly fast time for a major studio film, which is, again, not terribly surprising. Um, let's see. Neil Brennan, who co-wrote this movie, makes a cameo at the counter counter worker where Scarface works. Um, and Mary Jane's last name is Potman. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Boo. It it's was, also very uh, funny. Yep. It's uh no, but I think Boo is Boo is very fair. Boo is right. Uh, so <laughs> I was saying Boo Ernst. Thank um, you. I love that quote. Thank you. Uh, so no, that's half baked. Now the end. The end. Oh, half baked. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got to cover that one because yeah. I it, I was like I think everyone's gonna vote for it because it's like it's the more known film. But boy, was yeah. I glad to get to cover. I know Dirty that's work. the thing is Dirty Work. It was like I I I had to do it because I was like it was a funny movie. I did enjoy it. And it was technically because I always thought almost heroes, almost heroes was the last movie that uh, Chris Farley was in as like a leading character. This was the last movie that he was in. Period. So yes. like he he was the yeah had a small part in this one, but yeah, it was the last one before he passed. Yeah. So dirty work. It's the best little comedy I did not even know existed. Oh really. I didn't know it existed at all. Never heard of it. Didn't know it was a thing, but I'm so glad I took it because I, Jack and I love Norm MacDonald. Nice. He just, he's, his, his, he's got this like, it's not deadpan, but it's a very dry, sarcastic, uh-huh. under underrated co- comedic tone. And, and, and he can certainly get very crass in some of his more recent stuff, mm-hmm. but it's always like, it's shocking and it is hilarious. And we love Norm MacDonald, but this comedy, Dirty Work, came out on June 12, 1998. And has a killer cast with Norm Macdonald, Artie Lang, Taylor Howard, Don Rickles is in it, Chevy Chase is in it. Really? Christopher yeah, Christopher McDonald and of course Chris Farley as well. His his part is is much smaller, but but it is still notable. Hmm. So um his so yeah, like I said, Norm Macdonald's comedy style is very like quiet and and a little underrated, like I said, or like understated is what I should say. But that's what I dig about it. And if you mm-hmm. like it too, if you like Norm Macdonald, go back watch this movie if you didn't see it because yeah. it 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 cost thirteen million to make and it got ten million in the box Whoa. office, so it did not break even. Real, yeah, it real was quick, not... real quick. I'm sorry, real quick tie-in between the two of them. This movie uh-huh. was directed by Bob Saget, which is mainly interesting yes. because Bob Saget was in my movie. When when he was trying to quit pot and so he went to an AA meeting or whatever, and 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 Bob Saget stands up. He's like, "Did you ever suck dick for pot?" Because like, he it was just the weird. He it, said that. Yeah, it was because he was like, "I used to suck dick for crack." He's like, because they were like booing him because he said he was there for pot or something like that. Anyway, sorry. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah pot pot not the one but to each their own. I suppose to have to go to AA for that. That was not the one though. Mm-hmm. I feel like pot. You could just be like, okay. And then just walk away from it. Be like, that's it. It's so easy. It's so easy. But whatever the case is, um, like I said, it did not break even, even at the box office, but it has become a bit of a cult classic after the fact, which is very interesting. So the movie starts off with Norm MacDonald, whose character is named Mitch. 
mm-hmm. and his friend Sam, played by Artie Lang, and they're just friends growing up together. And um, they're being told by Sam's father to never take crap from anybody, right? So they start off by doing a lot of crazy stunts to get people who were doing wrong in trouble, like um, planting guns in a bully's desk to get him arrested yeah. for possession of a firearm, <laughs> and then and then putting crazy glue on on Mitch's Mitch being Norm Macdonald again on Mitch's jean pants to catch a crossing guard that was like groping oh, butts yeah. of kids when they passed it's just like and so that's how the movie starts you know like holy shit they're coming out swinging and like one thing i didn't write in my trivia which i'll write now which makes it well, which i'll talk about now is that they wanted this movie to be rated r they fought hard for it to be rated R and they were like, no, we're not going to let this be rated R. Like rated R comedies just totally bomb. Um, and Aww. I, th- and I think they said no, but then what was the, I haven't, where's the trivia? Shoot. It's in the trivia somewhere. I'll come back to it later, but it, it, the very next year there was an R comedy that like was the biggest movie <sighs> ever. So whatever the case is. So, that's how the movie starts and then we as as mitch grows up we see him getting dumped by his girlfriend for constantly being fired from jobs and he ends up moving in with sam and his father lovingly known as pops but then pops has a heart attack oops pops. and so uh, uh, yeah so upon entering the hospital the team um or, or like they they learn that he needs a heart transplant but because of pops's age and everything like that he's extremely low on the list for a transplant mm-hmm. But Pops's doctor is played by Chevy Chase. And in this film, he's got Chevy Chase has a gambling addiction. Yes. That's and right. he tells yes, he tells the guys that, that that he will move Pops up on the transplant list if they can help get him the fifty thousand dollars he needs to pay off his gambling debts. And I will also say as a quick side note, I have never really seen a lot of stuff with Chevy Chase in it, which is ludicrous, I understand. But I never realized that Chevy Chase was so attractive. Oh, really? I just I just happened to see this. Oh. I was like, oh, Chevy Chase. Okay. All right. have, you, you ever, have you ever watched Community? He's old, obviously, in that. But yeah, he's, he's he. I've seen some of it, not much. I haven't. But but yeah, he's huh. a little bit older in there. But it's like okay. But for in this film, I was just like, sir, excuse <laughs> me, sir. Excuse me, Chevy Chase. I so. have never, I have never heard that said before. Like, uh, so I mean, I'm not saying it's not been said. I just, I personally have not heard somebody who's like Chevy Chase. Hmm. I would have never said it, but it was uh, maybe sure. he just was like having a golden moment in this movie or something that no one mm-hmm. saw. <laughs> but he was pretty attractive, and it, whatever the case is, back to the movie. Um, so so Mitch and Sam start taking on little odd jobs, including an amazing scene where they're taste testing this like weight loss brownie. That can make you like it's supposed to, yeah it's supposed to help you make or help you lose weight. Instead, some of the side effects are side effects are like itchy, rash, sweating, or hallucinations. And Mitch's character or Norm Macdonald's character, Mitch, starts this crazy hallucinatory sequence where um, he thinks he's driving in a car in hell with Gary Coleman as his passenger, and the devil's wow. being played by peak era Adam Sandler. This is 1998, so it's just like. Mwah it's just so perfect i love it so much um and so uh they are um in a great oh excuse me they also in a great move take on working in a theater where the owner don rickles 
is a total asshole and degrades them with the best cut down lines ever on their first night. So by the way, shout out to Don Rickles for laying down my favorite new cut down ever, right? Like he said to Norm MacDonald's character in the movie, why don't you get a horse and live in the mountains someplace and not bother anybody? (laughs) (laughs) What a weird... It's such a weird cut down, but like it's so perfectly nor mcdonald flavored and i loved it like go get a horse live in the mountains and don't bother anybody it's like yes yes i also failed to mention i didn't even write it in my notes but i remembered it now that there was also a sequence in here where one of the odd jobs they were taking was to get this one guy's neighbors who were too loud to be quiet and the guy was just like they're making me crazy they're always loud yes 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 and so he was like i need you to just help me get the quiet so like i know what we're gonna do and so uh so mitch and sam break into the house and it's this huge mansion and they start hiding fish and everything but the people that live there come home while they're there doing that and it's (laughs) and it's like mobsters like drug dealing mobsters Mm -hmm. and or i should just say drug dealers but like they so they they start smelling something and they're and, and like they smell the fish and then they start accusing each other and then like a bloodbath ensues and and Sam and Mitch are in another room with the door shut and they're both they both have a fish in each hand and they're just standing there quietly with their mouths agape for like I, two and a half minutes. The straight. second that you mentioned that, I pictured that scene of them sitting there yes. holding the fish, just looking mortified at what was happening. <laughs> Like, like, oh, he's cutting me with a chainsaw. He's like, I've, I've got a chainsaw. I'm gonna get you. I love. Oh, now you have the chainsaw. You are shooting me. And like, uh, it's now such you're turning weird... it on me. Yes, I think yes, my it's... favorite thing about this movie is that like, there are so many things where like things that are done in response to other things are so fucking out of proportion <laughs> to the original so thing. So out of proportion. And that is what I. I Sorry, that comedy just tickles me. So I'm actually it's, currently looking how to watch it on TV right now. So It's on HBO Max okay. if you have HBO. All right. It's, yeah, so that's where I watched it. I did not have to pay anything more for it, I should say. So they um, – I'm sorry. I, I didn't I didn't follow up on the, the movie thing, which I wanted to. I interrupted myself. To get back at Don Rickles, the theater owner, this is my favorite part of the movie. They get revenge on him by not playing Men in Black – but instead playing a movie called Men in Black, and then in parentheses, who like to have sex with each other. <laughs> and it is such a good sequence. Like, we, my, Jack and I watched this together. We were dying, absolutely dying at that sequence because it's just like, who like to have sex with each other? It's just the, 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 what a great it. porn funny. name. What a great board name. So they get fired, but the other employees congratulate them and then pay them for pulling off the stunt to get revenge. So they realize that they can earn money now by opening up a revenge for higher business called Dirty Work, which, to be honest, is my new. Yeah, it's my new business plan for fall 2021. Hit me Only up. revenge. <laughs> yeah. So they start doing little odd jobs to make money to pay off pop stocks, gambling debts, um, even pulling. An amazing prank on this love interest of Mitch's. Her name was Karen? Carol? It doesn't matter. Um, I didn't write it down somewhere for some reason, but uh, the her boss, played by David Kochner, uh, Todd Packer from The Office, for anyone who knows The Office. Okay. So he's a used car salesman, and they prank his live broadcast commercial by putting 
they hire prostitutes pretending to be dead and put them in the trunks of the cars that he's showing off. <laughs> and the whole time he's he's like trying to show off a car that you know Sam is just there opening with the fobs that all these there's trunks. So many just... dead hookers in. There. <laughs> so, and there's four trunks just opening nonstop with all of them have a dead hooker inside, and it's just the funniest thing. But the big job that they get is from a developer named Travis Cole, played by Christopher McDonald, who wants their help to get a space freed up to build a parking lot for his new opera house. Um, and they and he they they're like like okay, we'll do it for fifty thousand dollars. He's like, yeah, for sure, whatever. And so he tricks them into making unlivable this apartment building oh, that he yeah. says was his, but he lied. It actually belonged to. Um, the landlord of the space where dirty work is is renting out a building so oops and he's already kind of a gnarly dude so that was not a good idea so they go through with it and then of course uh travis cole will not pay them um and i failed to mention that throughout the movie mitch is using a tape recorder to take little notes to himself that are super funny very Mm -hmm. norm mcdonald tidbits here and there but he takes a note on his tape recorder while in the office with Travis Cole. Um, and he fails to stop recording it. So he actually gets on tape the moment where he admits that the building wasn't his. So he, but he doesn't know that until later on. So, so using their revenge, I, I'm leaving out a lot of stuff. That's just like, it's, it's a great movie. Nothing is worth really leaving out, but just for time's sake, I'm moving on. Sure. Um, they use the revenge plan business to go and take care of this so they take to the opera house on opening night and along with their buddy played by chris farley who's had his nose bitten off by a quote-unquote saigon whore (laughs) which is the there's a lot of shocking shit in this film but it's 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 the wildest thing chris farley's characters it it, i love chris farley in this because he's so unhinged in like the most chris farley way and in this scene he's really losing it so um, they wreck the opera by unleashing skunks, filling the theater with homeless men, the army of prostitutes, and feeding people those hallucinogenic brownies. <laughs> and so at the end, they are able to show to the media that they that they're um that are they're covering this event that Cole lied and he, you know, and just to kind of save face, he agrees to pay the fifty thousand dollars. And so they pay the money to the doctor. Pops gets his heart transplant and Mitch gets with his love interest, which is fantastic. But the best part of this movie, the absolute best part of this movie is the bomb that Norm MacDonald's characters drops at the end where he says that the doctor paid off his gambling debts and got over the gambling habit, but that his bookies beat him to death anyway. <laughs> the end. That's right. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, I knew, I knew it was, it ended up with Chevy Chase dying, but I didn't remember what the circumstance was. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. So, so for trivia's sake, as you mentioned earlier, sadly, this was Chris Farley's absolute last film that he was in. He was not in the credits either. Um, he died sadly six months before the film was actually released. So sad. Now, on another sad note, the film came out a few months after Norm was fired from SNL, which I didn't know he was fired. I'm curious to look into that. Um, and as a result, NBC was not allowed to advertise the film, which probably wow. hurt it quite a bit. Yeah. 
Um, and the final piece of trivia that I found very interesting was that Don Rickles really started roasting Norm and Artie in the movie theater scene, like for real. And they, they had to cut it because it ended up being personal attacks on Norm and oh, Artie. Oh, no. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he called one of them like a baby gorilla and, and was just like, how did you get this? Like it was to Norm and I was like, how did you even get this film? Like, how did you get Jesus. this? <laughs> like, really brutal. But Dirty Work is, um, it's borderline not okay to watch in some senses given, I mean, it's just not as PC as things are these right. days. But it it's still funny because Norm Macdonald's comedic style with, like, Artie Lane. I mean, they're just a good pair. They're a very good pair. And... They, they did have a very, yeah. like, uh, Dave, David Spade and... Uh, Wow, Chris Farley dynamic yeah. in the sense there was a lot of physical comedy involved in the movie and also the deadpan sarcasm with Norm Macdonald. It was kind of a, a very good team in that sense. Yes, and if I recall correctly, Norm didn't even want to act in the movie. He just wanted to help write it, and he was a writer. Bob oh, wow. Saget directed, but but um, it did not end up happening that way. He ended up acting in it. So I, I you can see that he's not really comfortable being the lead character, but he still does a good job because mm -hmm. he doesn't pretend to be anyone than he who he is, and that's mm -hmm. exactly who I wanted to watch anyway. So nice. dirty work. And the crazy thing, I love this whenever like you're doing a movie and I'm quoting stuff that like I'm like, I haven't seen this movie in probably like 15 years and i still just like remember can picture a scene instantly when you bring it up because i'd seen it so many times back oh in the yes day. so such a good movie if you if you like me have not seen dirty work it's on hbo max go watch it it's it's worth just even if you just have it on the background it is good it's i'm but, busy but over here trying to, to get a free trial through hulu and it's just like i'm like they're like you've already gotten your free trial i'm like fuck you guys i'm gonna make a new like, email just to get it i want to watch sorry, this uh, yeah so i don't blame you anyway so uh so yeah if you guys want to get your votes in um on that uh feel free to hop on the facebook's the instagrams or the twitters um and in the meantime i'm gonna go ahead and take us out with the word to find us uh so first off you can find us at 90s court on facebook and twitter uh so we will have the poll on monday on facebook as well as instagram um and on instagram we're at 90s.court um so you can also find the poll there the day of and only the day of and in the story um and then twitter I, maybe i'll even do it a day early who knows let's not let's not maybe. get a little bit too ahead of ourselves all right like i'm, <laughs> I'm still i'm still a very tired boy so um you can check us out obviously patreon.com slash 90s court if you want to become a patron and of course check out our merch store that exists um hell yeah I know, I know. Preston's out there buying some merch. I know he's been he's been stocking the thirty five percent off days. So, if you want to be like Preston, hop on the the uh, the the merch store and find it. tpublic.com slash user slash the nineties court. That's right. It's the longest name ever, but it'll get you there. Um, True that. And as always, hop on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a nice five star rating and review. It would mean a great deal. The bee's knees. And as always, Lisa, do you have any parting remarks before we depart? You need to get a horse, move to the mountains, <laughs> and not bother Not anybody. bother anybody. <laughs> That's my favorite line forever. All right. Oh. Well, anyways, it was so good to be back. Uh, good to hear from you guys. Hopefully, 
you're not just like we want Jack back. Uh, if you do, we can do we can give that to you. But I I hope you don't. No, it's we so can't. Good. It's so good to see you <laughs> he's guys. already worn out by by no skips. <laughs> he's not doing Jack shit else. So. Awesome. But it's so good to have you yeah. back, Andy. Thanks, guys. It was so good to check in, and um, and yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Stay red. 